Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is proudly sponsored by DMC Insurance. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to explore how technical innovation and advances in engineering might drive the future of heavy-duty truck design. To learn more about how commercial trucks might evolve in the years ahead, we're going to take a closer look at Volvo Truck's Super Truck 2 project, a prototype vehicle that pushes the envelope for freight efficiency. But what does this concept truck really say about the trucks of tomorrow? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. But before we begin, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on this topic and others by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. Now, I'd like to take you back to American Trucking Association's 2023 Management Conference and Exhibition in Austin, Texas, where I spoke with Volvo's Keith Brandis and Eric Bond about the company's Super Truck 2 project. Let's play that interview now. We're here in Austin, Texas at American Trucking Association's 2023 Management Conference and Exhibition, and I'm very excited to speak with Keith Brandis and Eric Bond of Volvo Trucks North America to talk about Volvo's Super Truck 2 concept truck, uh, which is right here in the exhibit hall at MCNE. Keith is Vice President of Partnerships and System Solutions at Volvo Trucks, and Eric is Volvo's Principal Engineer on Super Truck 2. Thank you both for taking time for this interview. Thank you, Seth. It's our pleasure to be here. So Volvo Truck, Volvo's uh, Super Truck Tube project is certainly one of the more fascinating sites you're going to see in the exhibit hall here, right? There was always a lot of uh, interesting uh, technologies and equipment to check out, but uh, one of these uh, you know, really innovative projects is always uh, one of the highlights of the, of the show floor. And, uh, of course, this vehicle is the result of a public-private partnership jointly funded by both Volvo and the U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, with a goal of accelerating innovations in freight efficiency. Uh, this was uh, a project that started back in uh, 2016. Uh, DOE awarded uh, Volvo $20 million to work on this, and Volvo, of course, matched those funds. Uh, so this has very much been years in the making. So just tell us about the work that went into this, the process to develop an idea and a project like this, uh, from concept through to real-world testing and now actually presenting it here on the, the show floor at uh, MCNE. You know, Keith is going to lead us through that and uh, we'll dive in a little bit deeper with Eric. Yes, thank you. So um, I think the Super Truck program for us really recognizes the uh, advanced technologies that are possible in the future. And there's different scenarios that we are looking into and how transportation may evolve and, and, and form. Uh, our product and services for our customers. And um, we found that this joint public-private partnership and bringing in 10 partners uh, that are advanced technology experts uh, is critical for us to have a learning laboratory, a hands-on truck, if you will, uh, that, that uh, permits our engineers and designers to test, evaluate, and ultimately put into real-world conditions 
some of the technologies and breakthroughs that are going to be part of this decade. So the super truck program has been going on for us uh, for a number of years, and we have been promised confidentiality and secrecy. So it's so good to be here today in Austin and be able to show people the fruits of our labor, and especially the team that's behind it uh, are so just excited enthusiastic to spread what we've been uh, been been working on behind the curtains. Yeah, and Eric, of course, you've been heading this project. Uh, tell us how, how it feels to reach this stage and tell us just about some of the work and design that went into this project. Yeah, as Keith said, you know, it, it, it was a great team that worked on this project from start to finish. Uh, the targets that were set from the Department of Energy were pretty aggressive targets and it really took the full team and some upfront concept work to look at it from a holistic view. Um, and, and really a, a ground-up solution. It's a one-off prototype truck, pretty much 90, 95% of it's gonna be unique parts prototypes, and really took the entire bit from aerodynamics to the freight efficiency, uh, considering both fuel and weight savings to get that freight efficiency target that we had to achieve, and all the lightweighting, all the aerodynamics, all the, the powertrain improvements, and from front to back, top to bottom, uh, it really took everything we, we had available for us in, in, a, in a real world, like Keith mentioned, and in a way that would be a future benefit for our customers to, to do what we did. Yeah, sir, and, and Keith, one of the points you mentioned is, you know, this vehicle is not just a concept truck, right? You know, it's a it's, it's really a live innovation lab that's, you know, rolling out on the road. Uh, maybe just explain that a little bit more, uh, how this is different from, you know, a concept vehicle you might see at a trade show and uh, what you're really trying to accomplish uh, with this project. In regards to most concept vehicles, they typically don't get on the road. They're so fragile and hand-built and, and exotic materials that it's more about appearance and look than it is about really functionality. And what Eric was talking about, because we had a freight efficiency goal, contracted amount of 100% improvement versus the 2009 baseline, we set an internal goal of 120% that we wanted to exceed. And that meant that we had to have something robust enough for us to be able to put into test and to see, could we really deliver on that freight efficiency in ton miles per gallon? Uh, every pound that we could take out went towards that goal. Every detail around uh, aero drag, you know, reduce, uh, you know, in so many areas, the special t tires that we got from Michelin with have extreme low rolling resistance, the special trailer from Wabash with the boat tail and all the skirting, all of those went together for a complete system. So from the bumper to the t tail of the trailer, right, uh, we looked at this from a, a functional vehicle aspect that had to prove that we could hit these targets. Yeah, for sure. And uh, of course, you, uh, as you said, this is not just a vehicle that's going to sit in an exhibit hall and you've been doing on-road testing. Uh, to evaluate, you know, how where you how far you've come in terms of fuel efficiency, in terms of overall freight efficiency, and as a result, you reported a 134% gain in freight efficiency. This is compared to a 2009 baseline, but you know, more than double, right? So it's a you know a very big number and a, a big result. Uh, but uh, Eric, just take us through how you uh, tested the truck, where you tested it, and how you calculate that real-world improvement in freight efficiency because it's not just fuel economy, right? It's, a, it's also payload, all the considerations that go to calculating that, uh, that real-world improvement. And exactly, it's, it's in ton miles per gallon. And with the, the testing we did, we actually used a real-world situation, a, a 
legitimate duty cycle that our customers would typically travel. It was uh, variable speeds, variable terrain. Uh, it, we tried to stay to the posted speed limits, but we were in traffic and we didn't have all full control over the test that was done. So it, li it literally was done as a customer would drive this truck, and we're very proud of the achievement we you know we made with that freight efficiency that we. Yeah. So this is a real world freight uh, oper type operation, real world route, not, not just a test track you know, kind of a, a figure. So that's. Uh, uh, I think it makes it much more valuable because it reflects the, the real operating conditions that your customers are, are dealing with every day. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit more about the engineering that went into the vehicle, right? I mean, you take a look at the vehicle, first thing you notice is this is super streamlined, extremely aggressive aero package and uh, you know, really unique windshield design that's, that's very aerodynamic and the, the hood, of course, is very streamlined, more than you would typically see out on the road. Uh, so just walk us through all the steps you took to optimize aerodynamics on this vehicle, and I'll turn that over to Keith and Eric. Either either one of you can can chime in on that. Yeah, Seth, I can start, and then Eric can fill in. So when we looked at the complete system, from the bumper, like I said, to the end of the trailer, um, you're trying to smooth the air as quickly and keep it attached to the vehicle so it doesn't spill and create these little eddy currents that, that uh, ultimately uh, take more fuel. So everything we did, including lowering the front end, the chassis by two inches with air suspension, using 19 and a half inch tires and having the gaps closed around the tires, wheel well area, um, having a reduced and lowered cooling package without having an engine driven fan, but instead using electrical fan accessories. Uh, all those kinds of things were, were critical for our thinking uh, where the powertrain group had to work with the aerodynamic group because now you have less airflow through the engine and under hood. So how do you keep things cool? How do you keep it operating up to, up to temperature? And we even questioned, well, how much horsepower and torque do you really need in order to move this load? This is not going to be a zero to 60 vehicle. It's freight efficiency. Uh, so every aspect, if you will, of meeting that target, and as you mentioned, the windshield, probably the, the most challenging technical requirement that we had was to have the rake on the windshield and the curvature to complete that transition from the hood over the cab into the trailer. So we ended up with a wedge-shaped cab and a very unique um, um, hard-to-produce windshield that still had to meet the optical quality so the driver could see out. When you're sitting in the cab, and I encourage you to do so, look from your right shoulder to your left shoulder, and it's a huge panoramic view. So it actually will bring safety benefits as well. Yeah, it's one of the first things you notice, I think, if you get in a commercial truck for the first time, is you realize it's hard to see around. You know, it's a, So there's some real safety benefits potentially as well, not purely a freight efficiency, even though that was, the, of course, the, the core of the project. Uh, Eric, anything to add on uh, how you optimize aero, uh, aerodynamics and uh, fuel economy for a vehicle like this? and find ways just to further streamline what has been a big trend and a big push in the industry for for many years. Yeah, it's amazing how much the aerodynamics actually impacted our, you know, total freight efficiency number. And uh, Keith mentioned a lot of the aerodynamic benefits already, but yeah, from the front end of the hood and the bumper to be able to minimize that as best as we could to really improve the aerodynamics from the front of the, the cab, the, the windshield, the, the slope and the wraparound windshield that we have, the wedge cab, like you mentioned already, eliminating as many gaps as we could, including the trailer gap, including the trailer itself with all the cab extension, chassis fairings, um, all, all the way back to the back of the trailer with the boat tail. 
uh, we were able to actually achieve even better. We had a pretty aerodynamic Super Truck 1. We were actually 20% better aerodynamics with Super Truck 2 and 50% better drag than what we even had with our 2009 baseline. So really significant improvement with the aerodynamics. Add to that all the weight savings uh, from our partner Matulsa that provided us the all aluminum chassis assembly uh, for the lightweight trailer that we got from Wallbash and all the other light. I mean, every bit of this truck was optimized for both aerodynamic fuel savings and weight, including the downsized engine. Um, a smaller after treatment system, things really optimized for the 65,000 pound gross combination weight that we designed for, and all said and done to hit that freight efficiency target took every bit of the weight improvement and fuel economy aspects of the vehicle we could get. Yeah, well, you already touched on my next question about uh, you know increasing the payload and, and reducing the weight, and you already described some of the ways you were able to achieve that. How much weight were you able to, to trim off the, the vehicle? Uh, a significant amount. Um, apples to apples, it's tough to say because it was a 4x2 configuration relative to the baseline 6x4, but we were able to achieve uh, 38,600 pound payload with this vehicle, even at 65,000 pound gross combination weight. Yeah, and you extrapolate that across a fleet operation, that's fewer trucks to move the same freight, right? You know, so that's uh, how that ultimately uh, helps that overall freight efficiency uh, number. Uh, what are some of the other uh, uh, unique uh, characteristics and, and novel features you incorporated into this vehicle that we haven't mentioned? You know, obviously, I think we hit the high highlights, but uh, Keith, is there anything else you'd mention about uh, some of the innovations and some of the ideas that you were able to pursue on this uh, project that might not have made sense to just uh, as, as a course of your regular R&D work um, at Volvo, but uh, in, in a, when you have the opportunity to really kind of push the envelope, uh, what are some of the ideas you were able to, to pursue? We challenged our own thinking about how to reimagine re the cab interior yep. for a long-haul sleeper. Um, we are seeing shorter distances for most routes. Drivers want to get home. They don't want to be you know, so many weeks out on the road. So we thought, well, they still need a place where they can relax, where they can do some work, maybe use some entertainment. And then when they needed to rest, they could. So we put the driver's seat uh, in a position. So uh, we eliminated the door and moved it behind the driver's seat, again, giving us a flush exterior recessing the, the steps into that area as well, and then converted the passenger seat into a lie flat seat. Anyone who's been upgraded knows the benefits of being able to lie completely flat with the seat and having the footwell in front of you. But also it's convenient if you want, like I said, work or uh, you know use the entertainment systems and the like. So, so we're just testing these concepts to see what drivers think about you know these possible configurations and layouts. And then doing away with the external mirrors and going to camera-mounted systems, now we have these big displays inside the cab. What else can we do with those displays? You know, typically you think of, yeah, those displays show you where the trailer is and all the traffic around you, but what happens when you're backing into a dock? Now you can have cameras on the back of the trailer that can give you a, a complete view, you know, of the trailers on either side of you and that dock as you're backing in. What else can we do with displays? I mean, we'd like to, and, and we're thinking about other vision enhancements down the road in low light conditions. You know, what, what other things can you do since you have uh, the ability now to display it differently to the driver? Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Road Signs podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Road Signs extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, 
We're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. Hey, Road Signs listeners. It's your man, Mike Freeze, here to tell you that the call-in lines are open. What does that mean, you may ask? Isn't this a podcast, not a radio show? You're correct. But we found a new way that you can call in and leave myself or my co-host, Seth Clevenger, a message. Leave us a message on new topics you'd like to hear more about or ask questions you may have about the trucking industry. Give us a ring at ttn.ws forward slash speak pipe. Really interesting uh, ways to support the driver, have some driver assist features and safety features built into this. Uh, Eric, what are some of the other uh, you know, odds and ends that you worked in details worked into this uh, this this vehicle? Yeah, in, in addition to what Keith just mentioned, we also had an all-electric HVAC system, uh, 48 volt um, battery management system. Uh, we were able to really push limits on the powertrain solutions that we had as well. And like Keith mentioned earlier, not everything is going to make it to production, but it gave a lot of our engineers a chance to really push the boundaries, look at alternative solutions, and learn for what we can or can't apply to our future products. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it takes me to my uh, uh, next question because uh, the whole goal of this uh, super truck program uh, through DOE is to, again, push the envelope, uh, accelerate innovation, find out what's possible. Uh, but the goal is this is not just a science experiment. This is not just a, a, um, you know, a test. It's a, it's a way to find the, the technologies that can actually be uh, mass produced as part of series production on future vehicles. So when you look at uh, super, your super truck 2, uh, what types of features and uh, innovations do you see making their way onto future Volvo trucks that your customers are going to order and, and deploy in the future? I could start that, um, of course, the aerodynamic learnings that uh, can be applied to the future vehicles are critical uh, for our design, but we have to take them through additional tests, through additional evaluations. You know, what can be produced, as you said, in volume? How do we assure the quality? Uh, how do we make sure that they're serviceable in the field? There's a lot of those you know, requirements that go into the designs of our vehicles. So this is, again, a laboratory for our people to try and test some of these ideas. And in some cases, they, they went from the drawing board to a 3D printed part. So a plastic part that we could stick on the truck and say, oh, that, that may work or that may not. Uh, it really accelerates the whole design and development process. I think another thing that we're, we're going to be looking to is, again, how do we uh, reimagine and rethink about the powertrains of the future? Because we have, as our three-pillar approach, uh, a different prong for internal combustion engines on renewable and, and uh, fossil-free fuels. We have battery electric vehicles and, of course, uh, hydrogen and uh, fuel cell type vehicles. So how do we make the packaging so that we can adopt to the different powertrains of the future with their different cooling requirements, different you know locations and packaging of the fuel and battery uh, configurations, so so all of that I think helps move us forward, helps progress us forward. And like in Supertruck One, many of the ideas did end up in our production products, 
but not all of them. For sure, and uh, as part of the process of seeing what works well, and this is, the, this is the beginning of that process, what has potential, what is cost prohibitive, or maybe just doesn't quite work in real world operations, and you, this is how you discover it. You, know, you experiment and you, you test. Uh, you know, Eric, you know, your thoughts on you know, what uh, types of features and innovations and ideas from this project you see on future production models. Yeah, and I think Keith mentioned most of it already, but the fact is this is a one-off proof of concept truck. It was meant as a prototype, and it was meant to show what can be done, uh, pushing a lot of the limits that we had. I think there are a lot of the uh, the powertrain solutions. We did a lot of the technology there. We can Some of them still need to be developed further, but the fact is they can be directly applied to our engine platform of today. Um, a lot of the uh, aerodynamics and even lightweighting solutions that we had, same thing, rolling resistance, th things that can be directly applied, uh, or the learnings from that to be able to go ahead and go into our future products. Right, and of course this this vehicle, Super Truck 2, is a combustion engine vehicle, uh, but tell us about some of the interesting work you did uh, around the powertrain uh, to make it more efficient. Yeah, so a lot of the, uh, so the belt-driven accessories with that 48-volt micro-hybrid system I mentioned earlier, we were able to take a lot of that off of there. They did a lot of uh, thermal and friction reduction across the engine. We had a, a downsize engines, right size for the um, 65,000 pound gross combination weight, uh, smaller after-treatment system, and different things we were able to do to really optimize for this particular application, and as and in turn reduce you know the amount of greenhouse gas being used. Very good, and of course I, I know that uh, you just rolled out your Super Truck 2 concept. You're, you've debuted it. You're showing it, and you know here in Austin at uh, MCNE, but. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't look ahead, uh, at least briefly, to Super Truck 3. And uh, of course, this is a, you know, the next stage of DOE's uh, uh, Super Truck program. Uh, there, you know, this was uh, first announced back in 2021, uh, and the idea there is to really focus in on uh, electric-powered heavy-duty trucks. Uh, so that'll be the nature of the challenge that you'll be tackling in the years ahead on uh, on Super Truck 3. Uh, and Volvo was uh, one of the manufacturers awarded. Uh, uh, Super Truck 3 project and uh, 18 million in federal funding for that. Uh, so I know it's way too early to talk about any sort of final design, but maybe some initial thoughts on at least your approach to Super Truck 3, what you hope to accomplish, and the next steps for, for that uh, program. We are very fortunate and, and pleased to win a Super Truck 3, and you can imagine that it's going to build on the progress and learnings from Super Truck 2. Uh, there's much that we can carry into the new vehicle, but there's a different application where Super Truck 2 was focused on long haul, Class 8, uh, Super Truck 3 will be looking into regional haul applications. And so um, there we're talking about typical runs of 400 miles. So to get a battery electric vehicle to not only make that run, but also have a rapid charging at the other end of it, similar to a megawatt charging standard, um, and being able to make several runs then during that 24-hour uh, period. Um, that's a considerable challenge, and, and what we've started doing in the first of four years is starting what we call the simulation and calculation phase, where we go in and say, what type of power does that require? How do you get the most efficient use of it? How do you handle the cooling requirements? Because now you've got a lot of heat that's going to come when you try to charge at these rapid levels. Um, all of these types of uh, initial um, vehicle calculations we'll be going through and then trying to find in the second year some of the initial designs and ultimately ordering the prototype parts and then Eric and his team will be building the actual vehicle for the fourth year when they put it in test. 
Sure. Uh, Eric, uh, your additional thoughts on the, you know, this project ahead with uh, Super Truck 3? And yeah, so we, we learned quite a bit with Super Truck 1 and Super Truck 2, and you look at the, the overall performance improvements you need to achieve to make the diesel product run as efficient as possible, a lot of the same things can be applied to the battery electric product of the future as well. So, so we're looking at that, and uh, like Keith mentioned, it's a similar funding, similar time frame that we have with this one, uh, but we're really looking forward and really appreciative for the U.S. Department of Energy to allow us another opportunity. Sure, and uh, final question I'll leave you both on. Uh, what do you hope, you know, as people come through the exhibit hall here and, and see, you know, this Super Truck 2 project and, you know, not just, you know, photos and video, but hey, in person, have a look at it. Uh, what do you hope they, they take away from this? You know, what kind of ideas and uh, conversations do you hope to spark with a project like this uh, as, as you talk to your customers and, and also just people in the industry who are coming through the exhibit hall looking at a vehicle like this? Uh, we've seen a, a, a strong interest expressed and seeing what the future could be um, and who knows uh, what another 10 years from now if it's going to look like a spaceship or like the super trucks that we're, we're showing here in, the, in terms of its design but I think it's encouraging for fleet owners to see that Volvo and other OEMs are thinking about the future that are applying the R&D so that we can address their needs. We had two customers that provided input and telematic data, night transportation and Wegmans uh, and some of the concerns that they had were how do you eliminate some of the idling? So that's why Eric and his team looked at a 48 micro hybrid uh, solution to provide power so the truck could uh, continue to have the cooling system working. And Bergstrom provided a, a, almost a heat pump, if you will, inside the cab to maintain uh, uh, the comfortable temperatures for drivers. And then we learned a lot about you know how do their operations work? How do we keep the vehicle uh, you know as most efficient? like you said, not just lightweighting, but also robust enough for the types of demands that they had. So I think for the industry, they want to see solutions to the problems that they're facing now and likely in, in the future. Um, and I hope that we can also use this across social media to excite people to come into our industry. You know, we, have, we work with a lot of colleges and we're out there on the campuses trying to get them to think about transportation as a career. I'm very fortunate. This is my 42nd year. I mean, who would think that you'd stay with one company for 42 years? But I'm telling the young people, hey, this can be a great career for you. This can be a great life for you. And we're working with vocational schools and community colleges for the technicians for the future, uh, the operations side of it, um, with the logistics and telematics. There's just so much that's happening in this space of technology and innovation. And um, um, we want to share that. In, in every platform we have. No, it is very exciting. And, you know, again, you go through you know, the, the show floor at uh, events like this and you see all the technology, you see all the innovation, and uh, it's amazing how far the, the industry you know, has come, even in the last five years and certainly in the last ten. Uh, and, and hopefully that is more and more understood by the public at large as there is a lot of excitement, a lot of uh, technology, and a lot of opportunity in the, the field of Freight transportation. You know, Eric, I'll you know, get some final thoughts from you as well. Again, you know, what the conversations you're having with customers and uh, folks who are stopping by the booth. Uh, what, what are the, the takeaways that you hope they, they leave with as they look at the, the end result of your Super Truck 2 program? And I'll be honest, I'm just really appreciative of the interest that a lot of people coming by have. I mean, I know it's a diesel product, but it really just the advances that we had and just 
to be here today and, and this week and, and the full team that really built what we have and tested and everything that went behind this. It's just really good to see and know that everybody appreciates what was done here and a lot of people that put a lot of hard work into what we, what we delivered. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation uh, about a very interesting topic, but I think that's a good stopping point, so I will leave it there. Thank you again, Keith and Eric, for joining the podcast and sharing your, your time at a busy show like this. I uh, really appreciate your insights. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. What do the innovations sparked by the Super Truck 2 project say about the trucks of tomorrow? As we heard during this episode, Super Truck 2 was an opportunity for Volvo and other truck manufacturers to experiment with new features and components, test them in the real world, and find improvements that can eventually make their way onto future production models. Of course, those innovations will be tempered by cost considerations and the demanding environment in the heavy-duty trucking industry. But in the years ahead, we can certainly expect to see further advances in aerodynamics, lightweighting, vehicle electrification, and improved driver visibility to enhance safety. And the march toward greater freight efficiency will continue. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back soon with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.